Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another one of these short, potent episodes. This is Dr. Justin Buller, and I'm here with uh, my partner, Dr. Paul Etchison. Hello, everybody. So, Paul, uh, we're going to go through a, a common question that Paul gets. You know, someone's recently actually sent this question to him. Uh, so it's uh, it's obviously important. Paul, why don't you go ahead and introduce the topic? Yeah. So this person is writing in to me, essentially saying that they feel like they might have a toxic team member. They have one team member that knows the expectations, knows the systems that the owner doc wants them to do, but purposely and mindfully and intentionally chooses not to do them. So what do you do with this team member? We had a, she had a conversation with this team member, explained this, and the team member flat out admitted that, yes, I, I know this is what you want me to do, but I just don't do it. So the common question we did is like, I, my team doesn't do what I asked them to do. So what do you think about that? Well, it, it, you just touched on it right there, Paul. So it comes down to when you say my team, is this one person who who does this or is it is it kind of everyone or is it this one person who's then, you know, infecting everyone else's mindset because, you know, they're kind of the alpha and, and they're selling to everybody that they should do it their way. You know, there's it's it's without a little bit more information, it's hard to give a specific answer. So let's deal with some general circumstances. Okay. Right. Uh, at one point I had over uh, 78 actively managed team members. And right now we have about 50. So it's, it, it, you know, th- these things come up even with a team where they know, like, and trust us, these things come up. So it's, it's very real, uh, but it can be dealt with in a systematic way. That's the way I like to look at stuff. Okay. So let's deal with this situation where you have this person who you can't get to do something. Well, number one is you got to ask yourself, did you give them authorship over this, particularly for experienced people? Someone's new. They've never been in a role before. They're eager to learn. You know, most of the time you can teach them from scratch, but somebody who's been in, in, in as an RDA or a front end or an OM for five years or 10 years, and you're talking to them about a system now that you created, or you learned from a course or program, or you went to our dental business mentor uh, page and learned this, these systems that we use and said, okay, this is what we're going to do now. Well, that's where things are going to get a little bit like people put on the brakes, particularly people with, with different personalities. Not everyone's uh, resistant to change, but most of us are. It's hard to, to make changes, particularly when you don't understand the benefit of the change happening. So step one is before you change anything or implement a system in your practice, you have to sit down with your team and explain why. Why, 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 why? Not what. First, to talk about the problem. Like, here's the problem. Here's the consequence we're seeing. And here's the solution. So why is very clear now, right? We do this routinely. You use that problem, consequence, solution formula in, in, in any area. So we want to implement X system in order for to have X benefit. Then you need to tell them how this affects them. You know, use their name and use the word you and your and talk about how it will reduce their stress and make their life uh, easier. Because if it doesn't, why would they be on board? Now, the third thing is you want to present to them through questions 
the, the potential system you have or the potential change you're looking to make now that they know why now that they know how what's in it for me or what how will this benefit me you're more likely to you know have them hear you here's the third part give them authorship people take ownership over what is authored now i'm not saying you have to give your team members who don't know how to necessarily design this system full authorship, but you should certainly at least give it to them and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? Try it and give you me your feedback. I'd love to hear what's working, what's not, right? Don't shove it down anyone's throat. Now you've given them authorship. They get a chance to critique it. You hear them. You don't shut down their feedback. They feel heard and empowered. It validates them. Now you've accomplished those three objectives and it's much more likely that they are going to implement what you have told them. If you skip any of those steps, I promise you, you are, for certain folks in your practice, sure, it might work. But for others, particularly people who need to actually understand things thoroughly before changing it, they're, they're going to put on the brakes for you, for sure. Yeah. And I love that you said the why thing, because it's reminding me of when we started doing a, we started changing our cancellation policy. Okay. We were noticing that we were getting a lot of no-shows, a lot of late cancellations. And we were talking, it's, I'm talking to the team and I'm saying, why do you think we charge $75? Which we never do. Okay. We never have charged anyone $75. It may, maybe a few, but it, the, the goal is, it's just like something that we say that we never do. And I think a lot of offices are like that, but Hey, why do we charge $75? Why do you guys think that? Because the, they, cause if they missed their appointment, they should pay for the hygienist that you had to pay. No. The why we charge $75 is because we want to use that as a threat to have them keep their appointment. All we want them to do is keep their appointment. We don't want their $75. It's not about the money. So that's a good why. And another one that just kind of comes to mind is just like fluoride. Okay, why do we want to sell fluoride to our patients? Now, because we want them to be more dental health, we want them to have better dental health. We want them less risk of cavities. Now, on the same token, adult sealants. Why do we want to push sealants on adults? Because we think they have some sort of benefit. I will tell you in my office, our culture is not to do adult sealants because me personally, I'm not so sure there's that much of a benefit to it. And, and, and I just don't think it's worth our time trying to sell this to a patient and I feel like it comes off very hard salesy because when you're an adult, it's not covered. When you're a kid, it's very easy to do it. So, and, and, and I don't know. So that, that's just my personal philosophy. But what I'm trying to say with, with this really come down to whether or not you agree with that or not is that the why is so important. Why is it important? What is the purpose of having this system? And if I had this team member, I mean, I, I love what you said about authorship because I think every system team member should have input on it so then they can own it and they want to see it through and have it be a working system. I like to ask, you know, it's this crucial conversation things. Why would a sane person not follow the the direction I set down for my systems? So one, either they don't think it's the best way to do it. Two, they don't believe, um, they just want to disobey. And or three, maybe they're just lazy. Maybe it's a bad culture fit. Maybe they don't share the same core values as you. So I would just be flat out, ask this person, why is it that you don't do this? And they might say, oh, well, you know, it's just a little bit more work. And sometimes we're really busy up here and I just don't have the time to do it this way. Okay. That's, a, that's now you've got some information. What do you think we should do? What, what do you think would be a better system? Tell me what you think would be better. Now that could be creating a better system. That could be creating better systems for other things so that they're not so busy that they put off this system. So in, in, in all reality, what it comes down to is that a real conversation needs to be had where we ask, why is this not getting done? And why is it that you don't want to do this? Because people want to do the right thing. People want to be motivated to be good. They want to win at the game. 
So you've got to get to the heart of why it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I'll add to one quick thing before I go back to something you said that's really important. The the one thing that you mentioned here is so now they understand uh, why, and they're still not doing it. We talked about validation, but some of the some of the examples. Let's use an example to illustrate this. We talked about that collecting seventy five dollars if they short notice cancel, okay, and you use it as a deterrent for them to cancel. Technically, you want them to show up. You're just hoping that by saying there's a cancellation fee, potentially they'll show up. So that's one strategy to minimize the risk of people short notice canceling and you having to struggle. Now, one great way to anchor this would be to say, you know, this is just about this is about two things. It's about us being able to see that patient so we can help them, but also to reduce the amount of stress that you folks have. I mean, for those of you that have to fill these holes last minute, raise your hand if that creates your, you know, increases your blood pressure. And I mean, yeah. you're going to get everyone's hand go up. So now they know that using that technique, that's what's in it for them. It's a reduction of stress. It's less work because now if you can get them to keep the appointment, you don't, you don't got to go down this short notice cancellation list. You don't got to be calling 10 other patients to try to get somebody into that hole. Your schedule looks great. You can focus on the other things you were doing and you might have a little bit more downtime in your day. So that's a great way to anchor why it's important, not just for the patient, but for you. And when you talk about you, 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 and use their name, you're much more likely for them to say, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And it's remind me of like why we collect. Why do we collect before we do the procedure? Why do we collect for larger procedures at my office before they even schedule? Because one, we want them to show up, but two, we don't want to chase the balance. We don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation when they check out saying, wait, I didn't know I owed this much for that stuff. And now the work's already done. Let's not have that conversation anymore. Let's collect before they do it, okay, before they do the procedure. And then let you know what else we're not going to do. You're not going to audit the chart later for a balance. You're not going to print out a statement. You're not going to have to address the envelope, put a stamp on it, and all this BS. Because guess what? We already got paid. So that is the benefit to you. And that's what I think when I look at my collection systems. Totally. So all of that's super important. And then when you go ahead and you're talking to your team member about you know, doing a, uh, something a certain way. The other thing that you don't want to ignore, cause I've been stuck in this a few times where, uh, it's, it's really a wake up call. And it was prior to the times where we were actually measuring results. So, you know, we want you to enter a new patient this way, you know, into the software program, or, you know, this is how we would like you to phrase things when you collect money, or this is what we'd like you to do to deter people from, from canceling their appointments. Well, at the end of the day, if two people, you got Betty and Judy up front, and both of them have the exact same result, but they're doing it slightly different and it's a deviation from the system, let it go. That's what I've learned to do is it does, they don't, it's not about robots and things like this. Now, if someone refuses to follow the system and their results are poor, well, that's a different right. story. I'll leave you with that. I mean, other than that, I think you know, we've touched on, on all the little points that you need to think about there. And uh, I, would give, I would give that some thought and, and then try to implement that. So here's the summary. Number one, you decide what it is that you, you want you know, changed based on the problem that's there. You discuss the problem, the consequence, the potential solution. Uh, you explain why, 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 and include in that why how it will positively impact them and how it will fix something that may be causing them stress and or could potentially cause them stress or conflict. And then the third step is for you to give them some level of authorship over it and then go ahead and implement it. And then when you're implementing, the last part is measure results and make sure there's adherence. And when there's not, one of your accountability tools that Dr. Etchison just talked about is going back and saying, hey, notice you're not following this. Can you explain to me why? Like, is it a comprehension thing? Is it the fact that you don't think it works? Or what is it? You know, like what's going on here? And then you can then... Based on the root cause, 
you can then implement a strategy moving forward. And, you know, just one thing to add to that, Justin, is that maybe with all that, there may be a possibility that you just haven't really been very clear on that system. Yeah. That you, there, there's no clarity. There's too much gray area in between. There's not a black and white. And, and for instance, when we decided as a team, who can cancel? What's an okay cancellation? What's an okay reason? Do you have a fever? Is it okay if somebody dies in the family and they're going to a funeral? Is it okay if somebody got rushed to the hospital? Is it okay if I got if I got caught up at work? Or is it okay I totally forgot? Like, what are acceptable reasons? And we decided 24 hours out. If you give us 24 hours out notice, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. That's a good patient. You gave us notice. Who cares why you canceled? You gave us 24 hours. We're not going to really be too hard on you. Um, some people want to do 48 hours. But the thing is, is like we had to really sit down. And, you know, we've talked about this before, Justin. We put it the pen to paper. It's in a document. It says these are acceptable cancellations within 24 hours. Right. Anything outside of 24 hours, anything where they give us 24 hours, everything is acceptable. It could just be, I don't really feel like it. And, you know, no one's going to tell you that, but that's an acceptable cancellation at my office. So it's just being clear. So sometimes there's not the clarity. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be clear on what it is that you're looking to accomplish. Look at all those outliers. And and that's where authorship is so important because you're not the one picking up the phone. So you don't hear the excuses, right? Mm -hmm. So it's good to ask them, Hey, when people cancel, what do they say? And what's acceptable and what's not, you know? So that's, that's where authorship is key. And then if somebody calls and they're like, you know, this person called and we really didn't have that in our document. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Guess what? Add it to your document. Absolutely. Mind-blowing management <laughs> from the Dental Business Mentors. All right, guys. All right. Hey, if you have a question, please send it in to us. Info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. And until next time, good luck having kicking off 2020. I hope you're having an amazing year and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, Dr. Etch here. If you are like most dentists I talk to, you want to grow your practice. We all know that we didn't learn how to run a successful practice while we were in dental school. So where do we learn it once we get out into the real world? That's why myself and Dr. Justin Bullard created DentalBusinessMentor.com. If you want to know the tricks, the tips, the tactics that we use in our own practices, DentalBusinessMentor.com is for you. Over 175 videos, not to mention the documents, protocols, and checklists that we use to run our practices. We have modules on phone skills, mindset, reappointment and reactivation, leadership, culture creation, marketing, effective meetings, patient experience, case presentation, KPIs, scheduling, and collections, just to name a few. We will show you how to run the practice of your dreams. So if you are ready to take your practice and your life to the next level, check out dentalbusinessmentor.com and you have nothing to lose. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you aren't happy, we aren't happy. Go to dentalbusinessmentor.com and take the first step towards learning how to create a practice that helps you live a better life.